can't say this word. Uh, it was something that I've never preached, has never been preached at our church. And so, so there may be a little bit of hesitation. Okay, but when I was preparing for the calendar, uh, God gave me this message regarding the king. And Pastor Kim has been continuing speaking about what it means to be the king. And when we talk about kingship, like the kingship throughout Romans, we were, we were getting excited about the message of kingship, and then coronavirus came upon our church. And so we didn't, under, we didn't know that at the time that God would confirm this kingship with that kind of um, sickness. But anyways, but as God confirmed that kingship, He gave us this time to be renewed. And so God was continually showing us what it means to be the king and who is the king. And again, through Pastor Kim, God said to us to bear fruit every month. And at the same time, I realized that what God wants to touch in us is regarding our character, especially regarding maybe, for example, our religiousness. And so, for example, like characteristics, we need to know how to be patient and bear with one another. We need to learn to bear with one another and learn humility. So I was thinking about these kinds of characteristics, but God gave me these kinds of inspiration. You know, the and and so, but whatever I would think about, like it would never match up. And then God gave me the inspiration that if you keep this way, if you keep this up, you're going to just make the spirit of religion stronger. And so. Throughout this year, as you fight with the spirit of religion, I want to show you how precious you are. And so he gave me the inspiration to proclaim the authority of kingship. And so when I'm with Pastor, we talk to one another. You know, we discuss, is love first or is faith first? Is faith first or love first? And so we, we would argue, because I would think that love is first, and then he would say faith is first. But, you know, Pastor Kim was actually speaking something similar during the conference with the pastors. You know, as he was talking about excommunication, many of the pastors were thinking amongst themselves that this is only possible because it's Pastor Kim's personality. But then he explained why he was able to do excommunication. It's not because of his personality. Like you would think about who has love, right? And generally, if you were to compare me and my husband, most people would say me, right? But, but, but what I'm trying to say is, is during that conference, uh, these pastors came who were so afflicted by the sickness that, that they were having a hard time. And so Pastor Kim said, hey, go to the hospital and receive... Um, receive nutrients and 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 a and a shot to help and it was and and he gave he asked for the best one the most expensive one and so so each shot is about a hundred dollars and 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 then but like because they were kept being sick they had to keep getting the injection 
And so the nurse came to me and asked me what should what should they do. And, you know, because I'm filled with love and I'm considerate of the church's finances, I said, well, since they've already received the good one for the three, for three times, the remainder of the week, just give them just give them the bare minimum. Right. And but then when the nurse asked Pastor Kim, do you know what he said? He said, how much is the shot? And she, she said about one hundred dollars. What's one hundred dollars to them? Just uh, we'll give the offering. We'll make the offering and, and just make sure that you give them the best every single shot. So I asked the pastor, which which one has more love? And, and, and everyone answered that it was the pastor Kim. And so so obviously, like you, you may think that you may think that love comes first and then faith. But 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 see, the thing is, is that with this faith comes great love. And like whether I have money or not, because I, I have faith in God. That love flows because uh, it, sh- it flows and it shows, right? That's what I'm trying to say. And so the authority that God gives isn't dependent upon what money you have. It, the, what God gives isn't dependent upon what you have. That's not authority, right? If you live without that faith and that authority, then you're always calculating within your means, trying to do the best within your means. And so ultimately you are limiting God to what you are able to do. Uh, I'm going to have to summarize a lot of the things that she says because I cannot keep up with her. But that's basically what she's trying to talk about right now is that is that right now the point is is that it's about who is God God is the authority right and so it's about that's why when you don't work within your means you can have you have the faith to boldly cry out to God God isn't this who you are isn't this what you said you have done isn't this what your promise is then you then Lord take care of it take care of it the world says makes it look like you have love but ultimately you are limited, right? The world makes it look like you are limited and it's because you are limited, you have to always worry. The Bible says, do not worry for, for what can you do? And yet, and yet you're always worrying, worrying because you are living within the means of the world. And then so you come to the conclusion of prayer out of your spirit of religion that oh, all I have to do, all I can do is pray and so might as well at least try praying since I have nothing else to do. And so you say you love God and you say that you're obedient. You say that you're full of faith. You're saying that you love, but then but ultimately you have no faith. You have no authority and you just pray out of the motions. And then when nothing happens, you start to blame God. It's about first claiming that authority and faith that my authority is here. And then so you say to the devil, flee, flee, because you cannot be here. God reigns in this place. And so how dare you try to stand against us? Your work is finished. And so we need to be able to proclaim that authority of the victory of the king, knowing who God is, that he is alive and that he reigns and that he controls everything and proclaiming that in boldness. And so who are we? We are those who reign not only over creation, but over the spiritual realm as well because of the authority that he has given us. For we fill and multiply upon the earth. Because what? Because that is the promise that God has given us. And with that authority, with that power, as warriors in that authority, we have been called. And so as kings, we avail that authority, that majesty, that, that, that ability. And so why are the remnant those who hear the words of the remnant? Because it is those words, belief and faith in those words that give that authority.
Many people have come and gone from this church. I do not blame a single one of them. I do not fault a single one of them. Why? Because they have different calling. That's all it is. There's no, there's no reason to blame them. But why was each time they left so painful? Because we are kings. And why are we gathering every week, always pouring out fire and surfacing and having this hardship and going through all of this crazy emotions every week? Because we are kings. Because we are kings who are being um, refined through the fire. Amen. And so throughout this year, as we fight against the spirit of religion, let's get rid of all false modesty. No, it's not in false modesty that we pretend to be humble, but rather that we would no longer be oppressed and avail the authority. Because who are we? We have the authority. We are kings. We have the right to, to avail that authority. All creation is waiting for you. All creation is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. And that is who you are. And so are you not those who avail that authority? Are you not those who, who have been called to this ministry? Because the sons of God are here. Let us avail those things. And so, Lord, establish your kings on this earth. And not just on this earth, but to prepare for your kingdom. So once again, you are sending us out to Middle America, to Central America, and to to Israel, and sending us out to all over the world. So Lord, with this glorious authority, once again, let Yerbang Church stand once again and find that nobility once again to reclaim that nobility. And so let's look at the calendar for throughout this year. And this was the calendar in January. Okay. Ah, key. Okay, okay. And so, uh, the power of the king. And so, January is the power of the king. So, who is the king? The king has beautiful lips. Why? Because through those lips comes beautiful words. And so through those who receive those words, they receive blessing. And not only are the king those who have beautiful lips, but they're also warriors. And so they always uh, girdle their, their sword on their thigh and, and, and clothe themselves in armor and stand in the honor and nobility of the king. So you are handsome of the sons of men. Grace is poured upon your lips. So that's what she's talking about in, in chapter 45, verse 2, right? Grace is poured upon your lips, therefore God has blessed you forever. Not only are you handsome and blessed, but also you are a warrior. Gird your sword on your thigh, O mighty one, in your splendor and majesty. And so with the with the confidence that we have in in that, that grace pours is poured out upon our lips, we also go out with the confidence that we are we are equipped for war. And so why do you listen to the truth every day, week on week, every day by day, day on day? Well, why are you constantly surrounding yourself with the word of truth? Why are you constantly surrounding yourself in the law of the king? Because 
Because why? Because you are once again learning to reestablish the authority of the king. Why is the world so chaotic right now? Because the law of the king no longer stands. Why is our prayer so powerless? Because this law is not standing. Because we are confused. Because we know the law of the world better than the law of the king. Because we know false truth more than we know the truth. That's why the authority of the church has been has been has been emasculated. That's why the power of prayer has been emasculated. Because no longer is God's righteous decrees being decreed being proclaimed. So now let us once again every day, every day. Um, uh, uh, meditate upon the word of God because I'm sure that as you go every day to work whether it's by bike, by walking, by car by public transport, wherever it may be, I pray and bless you that you would continue to meditate upon the word of God and so that we would be fully equipped to reign and rule everywhere, in every situation everywhere we go, amen? Amen so don't think whether it's possible or not don't think whether you can do it or not let us just say amen and in faith receive it because God has spoken today and that this is who you are so once again I say when pastor says to turn your ear right that that wait Oh, that whenever pastor says, Lord, turn your ear to me, pastor always tells me that, that, that God loves to turn his ear. And so when we stand in faith, God will turn his ear to us. And that dabar, the work and word action will happen. And so do not doubt, do not think about your experiences, but continue to meditate upon the word. The word is truth. The word is faithful. And so what you proclaim will come to pass. And so say, respond in amen to the truth and ingrain it into your heart. And even now, where it says to... Uh, in majesty, ride out victoriously. And so we are like David of this day and age. And so we are kings. And so let us put on this robe of the king. And then it says um, to ride out victoriously. When, when it says ride out, it means to also be clothed. Let your right hand teach you awesome, teach you awesome deeds. Uh, many of you brothers have experienced this, right? During the conference, like in, in the midst of worship, when we're, when we're receiving the fact that we are kings, our prayer changes. Our prayer changes and, and you just proclaim, right? And so when that truth stands, when, when that truth is there, awesome deeds follow along. Your right hand follows in that awesome deeds. So when you believe that you are that king and you put on these clothes the, the, for the cause of truth and meekness and righteousness then the enemy will fear, will tremble in fear. And we will see these awesome deeds, these awesome deeds that teach us the majesty of God. And so let these awesome deeds become our right hand. Let that wisdom teach our right hand. So you are um, noble. 
You are precious. And so I asked God, we need to bear fruit. Then what, what do we need to bear fruit? So we need to be clothed in majesty and, and nobility. And so what did God say to us, to me? Is don't pray for this. When I write this down, it means that I have promised this for you. So you do not need to ask of this. You do not need to look for this. Just claim it. Claim it as your own. Because this is my gift to you. And so just receive it. So this is your gift on January. And so receive it. Receive it. And so just say, Amen, Amen. And, and thank you, Father, for this wonderful gift. And so King, O oh King, be clothed in nobility and majesty. And then, so that's how I wrote it. But God told me to change it a little bit. Or no, someone told me to change it a little bit. But no. No, don't change what the king has said. So, Yerwang Church, you are the king. And so don't mess with what is proclaimed to you. Or don't. So look at how, look at the modesty of God, the humility of God. That, that even though he is the king of all kings, he sometimes the promises that he gives us it, it comes from the perspective as if someone low or giving to someone higher sometimes, right? That's how much he wants to establish you in your nobility. He wants to establish you in your majesty, in your in your in your worth. And he he continually proclaims who you are, and so believe who you are that you are a mighty one. Amen. So let's move on to Jan or February. Or no, if you look at the end of January, there is this context here for further context. And so I hope that you have read throughout through this. So he believes in the anointing. And so when David was anointed, he did not consider his background. He did not consider who he was. He he considered the anointing and believed in that anointing and received that anointing. And so he no longer submits to the standards, the system of the world, looking for what's cheap, looking for what, what the world, the deals that the world can give. Now that grace may be, may be gracious, right? It's good to get one plus one when you go shopping at the mart. We enjoy things like that where you buy one and get one free. But we are not beings who are to be graced by the world, but rather filled by the grace that God gives us and with that nobility I'll face the world. And so February. February is about the crown. And the crown is about a, a big heart. And then so here, oh, sorry. And so it talks about what the crown is about. The meaning of the crowning is written here. It says suffering, long, long, uh, long endurance, long waiting, long, long, 
long-suffering, patience, uh, meekness. And so if we want to, uh, if we want to embrace more people, we need to have self-control and we need to have patience. Right? Whenever David went out to warfare, think about how tired he might have been, right? After a battle, of course they would want him to rest. But after David came back from the battle, he says, as they gathered in the camp, after coming back from the battle, one of the guys says, hey, let's not, let's only share the spoils of war to the ones who went to the battle. Not, But David says, no, we are one. Whether they went out to battle with us or not, they are one with us. And so the spoils of war must be shared out amongst all. Because our victory isn't ours alone. It's not for this battle alone. But it's for everyone. And then after that, do you know what happens? After this, um, Saul dies in the battle and David becomes king. And as he becomes king, uh, northern Israel originally first follows Saul's son. But then uh, they come together and Ishbosheth comes to David. And, and and submits to David, right? And they become one nation. And so they strive to become one. And or so Joab, Joab comes, right? Not not Saul's son. Joab comes to to offer the king to, to David. And when Joab was murdered. The, the the people could have uh, suspected David but as they saw how David mourned for Abner right no because they were able to see David's heart for Israel to be one so he wasn't mourning for Abner himself but mourning for the inability for Israel to be united because of this. And so through that that heart, the Israelites see who the king is and where his heart is. And this brought about the united kingdom. This big heart of David that wasn't focused on his own interests, but focused on the nation, focused on the kingdom going against the system of Babylon because the Babylon tries to make you an individual so why do we look at the news not not so that we can be entertained but so that we can pray why do we watch the news not so that we can be entertained but so that we can reign over the world why do we go around this? Why do we go around to play and to have fun? No, so that we can um, uh, claim everything for God. 
We are looking to the kingdom. It's not about my faults, my shortcomings, my inabilities. No, it's about the kingdom. It's about the people. So listening to what God is doing, where His reign is, and proclaiming those things. You may ask, Mrs. Kim, do you hear it well? No, honestly, to be honest, I don't hear it very well either. But that's why I pray. I pray, and as I pray, I receive inspiration, right? And so with these inspirations, I move forward in faith. And I proclaim that God is with me. And as we proclaim this, as we embrace the kingdom and going uh, going against this army of Saul, they are still Saul's army. And so, but when as we embrace them and forgive them, we become the united kingdom. And so, as these borders of this union grow and grow then we'll see new works happening. So we believe this in faith. And so I wrote this at that time, believing that a new work will happen. And what we saw was that the, the Democratic Party of Korea lost a bit of power and the People's Power Party uh, started to rise up. But another thing that happened at that time was that Brad TV started to hold hands with us because we wanted to do something for Israel and there was not many lanes open to us and as we were praying but at that time as we were praying Brad TV came to us so we're very grateful that through prayer we can support and and um, and help Israel and so we thank God for opening up these avenues to, to expand our borders into, into, um, into Israel. And so as we've been focusing on Israel, a lot of our heart has, has expanded, hasn't it? Has, it has grown. And so March. March it says, take heart, O king, or be courageous, O king. And so remember, March was when uh, the election happened. And as I was writing this, uh, this is what came up to heart. Is that, oh, it'd be great for a flipping of the tables. But I thought that it would also be so difficult. It would be too hard. So I felt that, you know, some it's not going to be easy, but God is going to change something, right? What is Purim about? Purim is about this changing of the tables. And so as I was looking, as I was putting that in March, I, I was thinking of Purim, which was in March. And then, and then I came to think about uh, uh, the election that was also in March. And, and so when we, as we continually prayed for these things, uh, God gave us this glory of, of the tables being turned. So not just in March, but this is um, God's treasure given to us as the remnant that our borders are being expanding every day. And so let us 
go out in faith believing that these borders are being expanded every day and so bless the person next to you take heart okay take heart in faith be courageous in faith courage is really important is it not okay. so faith takes courage right but these these days and age there's no courage to be found, right? Because as kids are being raised, they're raised with such cautious caution, right? That the kids don't do anything. They don't do anything. In the past, because they had six, seven kids, you know, th there was no way to look f out for every single kid. And, and But now that there's only one, you, you seal them in this bubble that you create for them and uh, making sure that they can never get hurt, that they can never experience sadness that they can never experience hardship and so that's why when when challenges come they cower and they fear and so it's really important that the next generation has the uh, courage of faith and And so faith, you can do it. So take courage. Be courageous. And be courageous. Let's look at the next month. Our next slide. Okay, it's about Mordecai. So this is from Psalms. At the moment, the fire is on. You can see where the where the gates are, and you can attack those gates because the lights get turned on. And so, um, the obstacle is something that that the soldier can can bound, but but many times because of darkness, they do not see the obstacle, and so they're afraid. So as long as the lamp to our feet is lit, we can see that we can bound over the obstacle. Amen? And, and so what's important is for that light to be lit. So it's not about our circumstances, but about faith. Amen? And so I pray that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Even now I pray that the Holy Spirit fills you up. So let's turn away from all the obstacles. And remember that when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you are a new being. And so let us be filled with the whole Holy Spirit. Let us be filled in the new self. And so if you keep moving left and the right according to your thoughts, then your thoughts are just going to get stronger and stronger and become a stronghold within you. But don't let your thoughts control you. Do not let thoughts take the wheel, but let the Holy Spirit control you. And so let's lay down our thoughts. Don't think about whether you can jump over the obstacle or not. But if the, if the Holy Spirit says to do it, then say Amen. And so let's just be filled with the Holy Spirit and receive the word in Amen. And so be united to God. Wherever you are, choose the new self that the new free will can be able to move according to the new self at any time. That let us rely upon the Holy Spirit. 
And so the church is turning the tables, amen? It's turning the tables. And so let our, not our free will be bound. And so let's take heart in faith and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, once again, when we seek the Holy Spirit and ask God to, to fill me with the Holy Spirit, and when we turn to God once again, then I will be united with God. And we will become a me who I never knew before. We will become an us who we never knew before. So let us be filled with that wisdom. And you will see your, your thoughts, your wisdom being changed. You will see your health even being changed. And so now April, every month, uh, as these um, festivals came, God gave us this, gives us based on the festivals, based on the celebration, the feasts. And so what feast was there in March? There was the Passion Week, the, Res the Easter, uh, the Passover, right? And so I remember when I went to pilgrimage with pastor in Israel I went to Israel and at the time of, it was Passover and we got to see the rites for Passover in 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 Israel and then the next week becomes the passion week for for Christianity and so we were at Greece the next week and then so we saw the passion week and also the Passover and so we were there at the Passover. And every family will bring a lamb. And that lamb will be slaughtered, right, by the, by the father or the mother on, on that day. But, but they take the lamb. And the father will slaughter the lamb and the son will watch because the son, when he grows to a man, he has to be able to slaughter the lamb as well. And so, so they slaughter it and going through the process of skinning it, removing the organs, cleaning it. And then the next day it becomes a celebration. And so this Passover, that God has allowed all the, the plagues to pass over Israel. Now, of course, there's suffering, right? They eat unleavened bread and they, they take bitter herbs. And, and, and so in remembrance of that. But ultimately, what are they remembering? They're remembering this, this joy, not, not the hardship, but the joy of them being able to be passed over and also that they were able to pass over the Red Sea. That though all of Egypt was plagued under God's curse, they were specially chosen out of Egypt to be God's people. And so this glory, this glory is what is being represented in Passover. And so whenever they spread the blood of the Lamb, they see that God's judgment passes over them, passes over them. And so this Passover, God has given us this Passover but the religion, spirit of religion takes away the joy that comes from this celebration. Takes away the joy and just makes you remember on the suffering for 40, 40 years of wandering. 40 years that is because of the sin that you wandered for 40 years. Or 40 days, not 40 years, sorry, 40 days. The, the, So 
God is saying that the Passover and Easter is not about remembering the suffering and remembering the hardship, but you first, first is the joy that God has delivered us. God has delivered us. Now, of course, remembering what the Lord has gone through is important. I'm not saying that that's not important, but first, first, if you truly believe what Jesus has done for us, that what he that he suffered for us, that he died and he rose again, then ultimately, what should be the first thing that comes to you is joy, is rejoice, is celebration, that you are no longer slaves to Egypt, that you need to rejoice. I did not give you this Easter so that you could mourn over my death. No, I gave you this Easter for you to rejoice. I'm not telling you to be sorrowful as you fall after God. No, you are to rejoice. Rejoice. You have the authority to rejoice. And so let's read this all together. And so when we rejoice, the sword of God fights for us. And so when we rejoice together, to, together, this joy itself becomes our weapon, becomes a weapon that cuts down the enemy. It's a sharp, double-edged sword. And with this sharp, double-edged sword, we can cut, up, cut down all the strongholds and powers that stand against the Word of God. And so every day, His Word, His joy makes us bound like, like uh, the feet, uh, the hooves of, of goats. Right, what about these goats, these mountain goats, that they can climb up all kinds of mountains and they never fall, right? They are, they are so graceful. And so like David says, that whether I'm up in the mountains or by the sea, I will not fear, I will not worry because I am with you, right? And so who are we? We are new beings who are under the reign of God, who are under God's hand. And so God uh, emphasized this joy throughout this month of April. So Jesus who has spilled his blood to cleanse my sin, this, this blood, this blood has been spilt for us. And so who dare accuse us? So be bold. Be bold. Even if you are to fall today, be bold. Instead of thinking, oh, I fell. Oh, no, my fault. Woe is me. No. No, be bold and stand up. And as I was preparing for this, a sister said to me, that I almost died falling off down the stairs just 30 minutes ago. And then, so what's the problem? What sin did I do? What 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 what, what problem came? And then, and then, so she was asking me this, and I said to her, Sister, do you truly believe that God is with you? Do you truly believe that, that you are not, you are not um, indebted to sin anymore? Then now live with that faith. If you stand in that faith... Whether you die or not, whether you fall or not, that's not important. You can just go buy it. But if God says to look at it and see what's going on, then just boldly say yes and amen and look. You have you are no longer indebted to the flesh.
And so you can reflect on what happened not to, not to, not as a cautionary way, but rather as a vengeful way, right? To repay the enemy for what they've done. But if you are looking, reviewing on your life in a cautionary way, trying to avoid those pitfalls, then that is the wrong look. Because whether you fall or not is not important. It's about who you are standing because you are no longer indebted to anyone. So in every situation, we can rejoice. Even in, in, in hardship, in falling, we can rejoice. There are many different kinds of people in our church. There are in many different kinds of circumstances. And yet, God's truth remains the same. Rejoice. Rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. This is evidence of your faith. And so do you believe in me? Then your, re then your joy shall, will be evident. And so are you filled with joy? And so show your joy to the person next to you. Show your joy. So as we were singing about, singing the song Waymaker, right, it says the promise keeper, right, that, that God keeps his promise. And so look at how good our God is that And, and I was thinking about it, and I started to laugh. But it wasn't me laughing, but God laughing. And we're not believing in the present, but we're believing in the promise. That there's no reason for us to fall into sorrow. There's no reason, right? Because God's promise has not been canceled, has it? No, has it, has it lost efficacy? No, it has not. So though it seemed like he failed in his in that supposed failure there was victory and in that victory that victory stands firm and that victory remains forever and so here you shall stand forever in my victory and so say together with me that you shall forever stand in my victory and so when I we made this prayer Uh, one of the uh, students' parents came to me and she said that, oh, that my son has this issue and so please pray for this. And I said, yes, we should pray th for this. Let's pray. But as I was looking at her, God gave me this inspiration. You have the victory forever. And that I have given you this eternal victory for you that I took this victory and in your failure I have won the victory and this victory has been given to you and so then do not despair over this issue but look at this issue from a place of victory instead of looking at it as what to do rather looking at it as I am the victor so So look at it from that perspective. Then you should see that this is not a problem, even if it is a problem in this, in the traditional sense. And so it's not about, oh, we need to be victorious. And so what happens if we are not victorious? No, it's we should be like, no, we have the victory and I am the victor. So repeat after me. I am the victor. We are the victors. We are victors forever. 
And so do not lose sight of this place of victory. The enemy keeps trying to deceive us and take away our victory. And so, so keep your place. At, keep your place of victory. One time, uh, when Pastor Kim went overseas for a conference, I was praying in intercession. And God showed me that that I'm kind of like um, the queen, right? The queen consort. The queen consort, right, is she leaves her family. She leaves her home and she now enters into the home, the house of the king, right? And so she no longer belongs to her previous home, but now she belongs to the home of the king. And so it's the same thing for us. We have now... Uh, been wedded to Christ and in that wedding we have left our home and that home is no longer our home but our home is now in the house of the king of Christ so the so we are the queen consort of the kingdom of heaven so do not forget that and so And so now for this queen consort, the king goes out into battle. And this king goes out to battle for the victory for his consort. Yes. And so reclaim the glory of your position as the queen consort. Where you are right now is the place of the queen. You are the queen So have the power and presence of the queen. Don't cower in circumstances and don't fold under pressure, but have that dis disposition of the queen. In order for you to have this glory, Jesus, who is the groom, has been offered up as a sacrifice has been offered up for your victory and so this joy should be a double bladed sword and so you will not fear um, darkness right and so am I not your helper am I not your savior is my strength not your strength and so God was continually proclaiming this, that, that all I have is yours. All I am is yours. All my wisdom is yours. And so even as I was proclaiming this, I was so amazed that, that God, is this true? Is this true? As I was continually proclaiming this, that God's saying, my strength is your strength. Am I not your helper in need? Will you not rejoice? Am I a failure? You are me. You are me. My glory is your glory. Do not fear. And in order to help understand, I brought several things. 
So in order to help understand, Taewoong, please volunteer to come forward. And Deacon Yongung, he is he is going to be a demon. And so someone who's wearing white. Okay. Hong Sung Min, he is Jesus. So God has made us kings to reign. And he has given us his authority, right? As sons, we have that authority. That's the expectation when you have a son, right? You have a son and you want to impart your power, your majesty, your authority to him, right? And so when you have a son, right, you see all of his goodness, all of his potential and so when God gave begot us he made us kings so God gave us this scenario this this script and in that script you will say amazing things right so you are Adam Daewung is Adam and you are Jesus and the devil is going to try to take away that throne because he failed and so he took that he takes away that throne and so he she's giving them the scenario and so they have to act it out okay and so so I gave you the scenario and so you guys play it out the scenario is is that he's Adam there's Jesus and there's the devil the devil takes that authority so we are in the midst of this play with no lines. And, and so like Teung, even if we are to fail, we do not need to worry because Jesus always has the victory for us. And I prepared another th example. Okay, it looks like a scroll. And what I'm trying to show... is that God is showing us that we are victorious warriors. So God created the heavens and the earth. He created the heavens and the earth. But not just the heavens and the earth, but all that fills in it. And when He created it, he also created time. He created this physical time. Of course, there's Kairos time, eternal time, but there's also this Hora time, this physical time. And then so as these scrolls as scrolled out, it's like time flowing. And so each page is like a thousand years. And as God began... Uh, Adam failed. And so what it says here is that even if Adam fails, that victory is promised. So when Adam failed, 
uh, God manifested and he said that a son of man will come and the son of man will trample the serpent. And so God gave this promise. And with this promise, he brought it to pass. That, that no matter the circumstances, God was not troubled, was not troubled. He was not concerned or, or worried. No matter circumstances, that the roadmap for victory was always laid out. That at all times, he already had the methods and the ability to overcome and to be victorious. And so Abraham was so afraid that he sold his his wife, and yet he still victory was promised. And so victory isn't just promised, but every moment by moment, God brings about that victory. He doesn't just promise and then say for 2,000 years, wait for that victory. No, he keeps giving little victories in between. And so the era of David, though God proclaimed him king, he was chased away by the devil. He was chased around by the devil. And even though he was being chased away or chased around, even though he was being pursued, God continually confirmed his victory. And David continually trusted in God and saw God's promise coming to pass. Saw it coming to pass through Jacob, through Abraham, through the Exodus. He sees and his faith is based on, on that. And so... And yet, even in those situations, uh, Israel sinned and was led into captivity into Babylon. And yet, Daniel never uh, fell into despair because he saw that victory and knew that the victory is still there and waiting for them, for the people of Israel. And then it comes through the time of Jesus, and they killed Jesus, right? They crucified Jesus. And what was God showing us? That even on the death of the cross, that is not failure, but victory. Even in that situation, God brings about the victory. And so, do you not see more and more victory being uh, given to us? Do you not see more and more victory uh, being confirmed to us? And so all the promises of the Bible, we are now living in an era where almost every single promise has been fulfilled. And so we have very many seals of that victory in our hands. And so now in this day and age, no matter what kind of uh, problems may arise, there is no issue because God has promised us the victory and he has given us that victory. And so now let us have confidence in that eternal victory and continually go forward knowing that victory is in hand. And so this is how God created this time. How? He created it to be victorious. 
that no matter the circumstances, no matter the situation, no matter what sin you may have sinned, you are victors and you have been called to God's victorious kingdom. And so that's how he created this time. And even now, uh, all time is flowing according to his victory. So just believe that that is who you are. And so believing this is the one who believes that you have been called to this place. That whatever you do, you are victorious. That whatever you do, you cannot lose. That whatever you do, I will be victorious. That you are you are fellow heirs in my kingdom. Having confidence in that. That is what it means to believe. Not and so that he created this and he created history and he has called you he has chosen you so as the elect that is what belief means is believing in your election and so whether you are unable to do well in school whether you are failing in your business it doesn't matter because God has given you the victory he is leading us to his kingdom. So in this creation, in this creation, we are here, right? All the things in the past has already been finished. But now we are in this era where there will be news of wars and famines and of great things of terrors but we do not worry but we believe in the promise believe in the promise of that victory and so those who have that promise what will they say they will not cower but they will say that the Lord wills it and the Lord will do what he wills the Lord has given us the victory the Lord has the victory And so we are beings who are entering into that glory together with the king. Those who are after his own heart. That is the uh, victors who, are, who have been called to this day and age. Do you believe? Is it you? Amen. So next... Um, you, king, you, in your being, is excellent. And so, king who is together with God, in their being, they are excellent. And so when you believe, I was believing in this and I was praying. And as I was ministering to Heji and praying for her, she likes to pray for her family. And so we're praying. And in May, we are kings. And kings have the authority right and to pray and and so I, I started to think to myself do I truly believe that I, I'm the king but faith in itself gives the power 
So the word is power, right? But without faith, the word is nothing. Love is power, but without faith, it is nothing. And so are you receiving it in faith? Are you receiving these arrows in faith? So don't receive it in your mind. Do not receive it in your thoughts. Do not receive it in worry, whether you can or not do. Are you receiving it in faith? And because the king is excellent in their prayer, in their worship, because they believe in who they are, there it becomes different. And so when you study knowing that you are the king, it'll be different. Knowing when you when you go in your to your work knowing that you are the king, believing that you are the king, then ensip, remnant, all of these things becomes different. The anointing becomes different. So when we fight knowing that we are the king, having that majesty, then so what does this excellency attest to? It attests to authority. Authority over spirit, authority over material, authority over personnel. And so why? Because through the secret passage of God, this amazing anointing pours out to you. And so do you believe that the secret channel has been opened to you? Do you believe? Do you believe that the secret channel has been opened opened over your family? Amen. It has been opened. Do you believe it has been opened to over your soul? Amen. It has. And so don't just say amen here, but say amen in your home, wherever you may be, say amen. In your workplace, say amen. That this excellency has been given to you and you have the authority to reign. And so the king does not worry, but commands. And so you proclaim the kingship of God. Not your kingship, but because you are one with God, you proclaim the kingship of God. And as you proclaim his kingship, you know, based on who God is, that nothing can stand against So we proclaim His righteousness, we proclaim Him, and, and when we proclaim Him, He reigns. And when He reigns, we believe in that authority. Pastor Kim keeps saying, Chonok, I, I, I don't know the number, but Chonok is like, um, anyways, it's a lot big number, but $100 million. And we need a hundred million dollars to build, right? And so who can, who can fill that? God can. God can. So when we believe we are kings, we will be, we will receive the reception of a king. Okay, and so the guy who created uh, anesthetic. Uh, do you know how he invented it? He looked at the Bible and he saw the passage in Genesis where God removed the rib from Adam. And and he was thinking to himself, it said that he removed the rib from Adam, but it doesn't say that Adam felt pain. And so he looked at that truth and found the drug for anesthesia. Is it anesthesia? Anesthetic, right? Anesthetic. 
But anyways, um, in the Bible is hidden wisdom. And we receive this anointing, this heavenly anointing. And so where do you think the wisdom for this technology that surrounds us today comes? It comes from heaven. In Uganda, when we're in Uganda, they were cleaning all day long. What they would do is they would take the feathers, uh, that that fr feathers from a bird, and make a broom, and they would clean every day. They would have to clean every day. But but we we as Koreans who see this are frustrated. Why? Because we know that they don't need to spend all day cleaning this way. They can just uh, they they need to create the system that gets rid of all that dust, right? And and but anyways, and so so this point is to illustrate that 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 there is this um. What is she trying to say here? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but we have the authority and so this excellency has been has been given to you and when you love right this excellency shows through when you when you love your your cooking becomes different when you love your treatment of people become different right So do you love the church? Do you love the church? Then let us pray for building. Let us pray and avail the authority. Proclaim. Amen. And next, we'll look up to the month of June. And what celebration is in June? There is the Pentecost. And we have aligned our anniversary with the Pentecost. And so the Pentecost is the passion of the king, the enthusiasm of the king. And then so enthusiasm comes from a Spanish word, a Latin word. And what it means is that in me is a God. And so like, what is enthusiasm? Enthusiasm is when that God within you moves. That because there is this God inside of me, it moves inside of me. And so that creates this enthusiasm. It gives me this strength. That is what enthusiasm is. And so what David says here. It's when David is being chased by Saul. And as you know, Israel is a very small area. And whenever David hears rumors of, of in a fight against the Philistines, David rises up with this enthusiasm saying to God, shall I strike at the enemy? And everyone around him has to stop him because, because, of, because of what situation he is in. He's, he's being chased by Saul. And so Israel is a small place. And so if he reveals his location, it's so easy for him to be found, right? And so in that same way.
whenever rumors of the Philistines attack Israel, David, instead of worrying about his own safety, he's first asking God, shall I strike against your enemy? He doesn't care about his situations. He doesn't care about his circumstances. He doesn't care if Israel is chasing after him, taking, seeking his life. And yet, his passion against God's enemies, for Israel, for the church, that I will fight, that I will fight. And so even though his own is seeking his life, if anything comes against his nation, comes against Israel, comes against the church, that, Lord, shall I go strike your enemy? Where is your passion? Where is your enthusiasm? Brothers, what can, what is, where is your enthusiasm? Are you powerless? And I, I decided to preach suddenly, and it was great. Uh, because it came all of a sudden, I didn't have much time to to prepare. And because I didn't have much time to prepare, it was good because I didn't have to use my strength. I could not try to use my own strength. I had to wait for God to do something. And so I prayed. And because God had to do something, I all I could do was pray. That It was great that I could get rid of my own enthusiasm and be enthusiastic within God. And so let's move on to the next one. Okay, so he doesn't calculate his own circumstances. He doesn't care, but just follows after the, the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so let us t put off the clothes of the old self that, that shackles us to powerlessness, but let us be filled with the new self that fills us with this enthusiasm. Our problem isn't our lack of money. Our problem isn't our lack of health. Our problem isn't these kinds of things. No, our problem is being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so as long as we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we'll be like David, who, who, who took no loss. The issue isn't, isn't what you lack. The issue is that you are mixed. The issue is that you are not filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? So lastly, what I would like to show you, what I prepared. This is for you, youth. So youth, pay attention. Yeah, I describe this as the old self because the old self is black that whatever he does is black no matter how awesome he may be he's still black so even though he may try to beautify himself to get rid of his weakness to get rid of his limitation by studying getting education that he tries to do something, he tries to grow, maybe he does plastic surgery, maybe he builds up his body at the gym. But no matter what he does, the old self is powerless. The old self cannot do anything. Even if he fills himself with all these things, the old self is still the old self. 
And so the Lord spilled his blood for this old self to die. And he gave us this new self. And so what our confusion is, our confusion is that I'm new self 70% and old self 30%. That I'm, that I'm nice now and so I'm the new self. But that you look at your circumstances thinking that your circumstances define whether you're the new self or the old self. That if I do something well, then we think that that in itself makes me someone, that, that, that I'm satisfied with that. That, oh, I preached today, and so I'm satisfied with that. That, oh, I was preaching well today. Oh, that my leading praise was good today. But that may still be the old self. The difference between old self and new self isn't about whether you can do it well or not. If I did well, then I'm new self, and I failed, then I'm old self. No. Am I relying on the Holy Spirit? Am I with the Holy Spirit? Am I filled by the Holy Spirit? That is the new self. Even if you do something well, even if it looks successful, even if the people praise you, even if the people at the church says that you do well, no matter how much you are praised, if you did not rely on the Holy Spirit, then that is the old self. If you are not with the Holy Spirit, then that is the old self. So why are all of these strongholds in our mindset starting to be revealed right now? Why are they starting to surface right now, even though we've been worshipping up until this point? It's because we've been doing it all in the old self. That, oh, I, I know how to interpret. I know how to prophesy. I know how to do these things. No, it's not that. It's being filled with the Holy Spirit. Without being filled with the Holy Spirit, if you think that I can do it, that oh, I'm that I'm able to do something, that all oh, the anointing seems good right now, and so I think I can do it. No, it's when we unless we rely on the Holy Spirit, and we try to do something on our own. All of these things are meaningless. And no matter how much it may seem like a failure, like David being chased away through the wilderness, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, that is righteousness and that is new self. Amen? So brothers, let us begin again. It's not about us trying to become something, know something, be something. No, let us be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let us seek the Holy Spirit. Has the Holy Spirit ever rejected you? Has the Holy Spirit ever denied you? The Holy God is so faithful. So when we seek, He gives, right? Why does it seem many times we refer to the old self before the Holy Spirit? Why is it so much more common for us to respond to the old self than the new self? So now, brothers... Let us trample the old self and be filled by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I shared this kingly authority. And lastly, we want to fight. So we've been talking about new self, old self. And when we talk about this, 
Why is this an obstacle to being filled with the Holy Spirit? So, for example, you know, we've been talking about, like, the strongholds in our mind. But you get sick, and the first thing that I look for is medicine rather than asking God. That is, that is a stronghold in the mind. It's that we can, do, we can solve it without, without the Holy Spirit. So we think that we, it's possible for us that, that we have the ability to solve it. So as I was meditating upon why these, these strongholds are surfacing, I wanted to pray. And as I was praying, God gave me this inspiration that we need to first separate these spirits. And the spirit is immorality and rebellion. Okay, remember, immorality will always go hand in hand with the worldliness. When the Lord says that my people are adulterous, my people are adulterous, it's not because they were um, having these sexual immorality, immoral relationships in practice. No, but rather that their heart was somewhere else. Their heart was not after God. That's, what, that's why God says that my people are adulterous. And then the other spirit is the spirit of rebellion. Rebellion goes hand in hand with unbelief. And so the Lord says that this in the end times it will be a wicked and, a, and rebellious generation, right? A wicked and rebellious generation. And this rebellion comes from the system of the world, this individualism, seeing only your own needs. When Deacon Song Hyun uh, applies for a job, the employer is not going to look at his family, his background, what his son does, what his wife does. No, he's just going to look at his own merits, right? It's all about this individualism. But, and so you can hide things in the, to the world. To the world, you, all you have to do is reveal yourself, yourself, yourself. And so live for yourself, yourself, yourself. And so in this system of, of unbelief of the world, then ultimately it becomes rebellion because, because, because you interpret everything from the perspective of the self. You interpret everything from this individualistic viewpoint. God says to the Israelites that you need to go to captivity into Babylonian and spend 77 years there and there get married, get work and live your life and, and then you'll return. But And so you could hope to return home, right? But what if you died in Babylon? But even if you died, the, the nation still lives, right? Israel still lives. Babylon is still, uh, they are still going to leave Babylon. And so don't receive it in an individual way. Receive it in the perspective of the nation, of the king. Individualism is the system of the world. We have been too 
influenced by the system of Babylon. For so long, for too long, too many people have said that even though we sit here every week, come here all together every week, so feel alone, feel as if I'm alone. And so let's get rid of this system, this system of Babylon that keeps us, these chips that keep us from availing the authority of the king. And so let's pray once again that, Lord, uh, that these spoils that you have given us, these, these glories that you have given us, especially in May, you have given us this promise of excellence. And so, Lord, we believe it. And so we believe that your excellence will rain down upon us. And so, Lord, as we pray, as this faith goes up to you, we also want to pray against the obstacles to the system of faith that all these obstacles would be removed would be removed from our church not from an individual perspective but from the church and especially for those of you who are working especially for those of you who are going to school Many times it's hard for you to see the community. Most of the times you see the individual and you see maybe your own family, but you don't see the community. The community together is unable, you're unable to see, it's hard for you to see that it's not about you. It's not about you that God has given us this victory and this victory has been given to the church and you are part of that church. If you just look at yourself, you will never see that victory. But when you believe in that promise and that you have been created for that promise and you have been called to that promise, your faith rises. And so, Lord, from this system of the world, this, this eyes of the world, the ears of the world, that, that, that you would make them far away from us, that you will close the ears that listens to the world and open our ears to your voice. Close the, noons, the, the eyes that look to the world and open our eyes to you. Lord, open up our eyes, open up our ears. Let's pray all together. Oh, let's look at the next part. Let us look at the process of immorality. So as we've been fighting against immorality and rebellion, I know that this is all things that you all know well, but I would like to once again um, confirm this again. And as you look at this, that, ah, this was immorality. And so let us sprinkle the blood of Christ. So as we listen to the, what the words, let us minister to each other once again. And so this is the worship of fellowship, fellowship with the Lord. So let's have a worship that fellowships with God, fellowship with the Holy Spirit.
And so even now as you see this, maybe God is ministering to you or using you to minister to the people that you may think of. And so immorality. When we think of immorality, we think about, you know, we tend to think about uh, sexual um, wrongdoing, right? Sexual misgivings, right? But the root of immorality is loving of the self. That it's There are not many people who are like, oh, I love myself so much, right? No one's going to really say that. They're not many. But there are, but many people, what this self-love is talking about is people who are obsessed over themselves, right? Why are you always saying this to me? Why are you always doing this to me? Why are you always choosing? Why is it always me? Why is it always me? Right? That is actually loving yourself. Another way is is that, oh, I'm such a failure. Oh, I'm such a this. I'm such a that. Oh, why am I always this? Right? This is also loving yourself. It's not just, oh, I know how to do this. I know how to do that. I know how to do this. It's, it's loving yourself. You know, it's like um, your mood is dependent upon what your circumstances is. That is loving yourself. But in Christ, we are dead. Amen. And so let's repeat, I am dead in Christ. Even whether I study well, whether I not study well, whether I have lots of money or have no money, whether I'm good looking or ugly, I am dead. Whether I have ability or no ability, whether I'm scarred or not, whether I'm bound or not, I am dead. And if I'm dead, there is no problem. There's no issue. There's no problem. No scars cannot affect me. Death is death. What 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 more could he want? It's because you do not die that we keep obsessing over ourselves. We are dead. We are dead. But but because you keep loving yourself, you are so obsessed with yourself, immorality comes over you. And so let's say you think that you're always alone, even though you're in a crowd. Right? This immorality goes with division. And so even though you're in a crowd, because you are not the center of that crowd, you think that you're alone. You are lonely, lonely. And so if you're all at this church, all you want to do is have fellowship with only Pastor Kim. You don't make any effort to have fellowship with other people, with God, then that is, that is familiar spirits. That is the spirit of immorality affecting you. And so let us be cleansed of these things. So we're cleansing the church together of these things. It's not about the individual. We're not talking about pointing out individual immoral people. We are pointing out the immorality that has that is running prevalent in our church because we are one body. We are one body created in Christ's image, right? And so that's why I'm going over these things at the end of the sermon rather than before the sermon. And 
so many times you know you feel divided you feel you feel alone and isolated even though you're in the midst of the crowd so if you feel that way that means you're listening to the devil so many times the children struggle with uh, these spirits and so pray for them uh, because this day and age is an immoral, adulterous age, right? And so you acknowledge that, yes? Even comparing just 10, 20 years ago, look at how adulterous this day and age is. And so instead of questioning the children, just understand that they are the times that they are growing up in, that they are being uh, buffeted by so many waves, spiritual waves. They are living in this era And so as you look at this, instead of asking, why is this person like that? Let us fight spiritually together and embrace one another to help one another that, that we would not be divided amongst one another. Amen. And so let's say someone keeps looking for love like the way they want it. And so they want their own way. And if not, then they feel like it's not love. For example, I want to go eat jajangmyeon. And if you don't get jajangmyeon, then you don't love me. I'm not saying that jajamyeon itself is not a problem, right? It's a problem. But for example, it's like this. You can say that you want jajangmyeon. That's not the problem itself. But but the problem is is that you, you you are so stubborn in your ways, not because what you want is so important to you, but because that's how you feel loved, right? So just because they don't give you according to what you want doesn't mean that they don't love you, right? For example, my husband always gives, gave me meat when I was pregnant because she, he loved me so much because he wanted to give me what's best, even though I didn't like um, meat. And even though I was getting fatter and fatter, Pastor would keep uh, giving me food, right? Because that's how he would love me. That's how he would express his love for me. So it may not be what you want, but but that is love. And, and so just because you don't receive what you want, you get upset and you start to pout, that is immorality. You're trying to um, enforce your standards on other people. So we we are a community that proclaims the truth, right? And so there's no need to fight over these little things, right? And so you obsess over yourself. And so once you are falling into this immorality, you start to try to create cliques. You create cliques by finding like-minded people. Find, by finding like-minded individuals who you can discuss things and try to create these cliques. And you may think to yourself that, what do you mean? I'm not making a click. I'm just talking. But if you are already standing against people, if you are gathering people to stand against other people or standing against other situations, that is creating a click.
you may go around thinking that, oh, I don't care. I'm not upset. I don't hate this person. But then when you become sell with that person and you can't, you don't want that, that is a problem, right? And it was back in when we first established our church. There was this church member who came and kept asking, Pastor, is there something I could do? Oh, no, that's okay. Pastor, is there something I could do? No, it's okay. And then all of a sudden he started, took it upon himself to clean. And it's not because he wanted to clean, but it's because he wanted to be praised by Pastor. And because he could not be praised, he started to struggle. And since no one praised him for his cleaning, though, that cleaning itself wasn't even a joy. And so it's not that he wanted to serve, it's that he wanted to be praised. What he wanted was acknowledgement, acknowledgement of people. So he worked hard to be acknowledged by people, but because no one acknowledged him, right, uh, he left. You keep creating memorials to yourself, trying to find acknowledgement to yourself. And so either you go that way or or you go into bitterment. You become embittered that oh I did this but no but no recognition or no not no reward or nothing like this. And you know uh, when you talk bad, uh, talk bad gossip. Gossip is very dangerous, right? If if it, it gossip causes, uh, bring, bring, breaks down the church. So do not be gossipers and slanderers. And so, we're talking about these spirits at an individual level, but, but actually what God was showing me is that even though Israel is a holy place, right? And yet, look at Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv is kind of like the center of, of debauchery. Is it because of the wickedness of Israel? No, that may be the case. But... What the devil wants to do is to pollute the holiness of Israel. The devil wants to corrupt. And that's why they implant it there. They implant it there on purpose. Because they want to see us be polluted. That's their, that's their goal. That's their strategy. And so why do our church have so many issues? Don't, don't complain that way. No, rather, it's not that, ah, oh, there's so many issues and so let's get rid of these pe- problems. No. So when a when a bomb explodes, so what the end? So ultimately, it's not about the people that we should be blaming, but the enemy, right? The devil. The devil is who we should be fighting against, not the individual people. It's not my father, my mother. No, no, it's the devil. It's the devil that we need to fight against. But what gossip and slander does is instead of fighting the devil, we fight amongst ourselves. 
Jesus even said to Saul, why do you persecute me? And he asked, when have I persecuted you, Lord? Even, even the, Jesus says that they are our, they are our body. And so when we slander ourse- amongst ourselves, we are cursing the body of David. And so when slander comes up, you should, gossip comes up, you should stop and and pray, pray. Because the power of forgiveness has been given to you and because it has been given to you, you can pray. Okay, lots of thoughts and rumors. So immorality deceives you thinking that love is being interested in all of their information, knowing their, everything there is to be about them. But then you start to hide and there's things that are hidden. That is a characteristic of immorality is hiddenness, is, is, is opaqueness is uh, only showing the good parts. And so you look good to that person and when that person isn't, isn't reacting to you or responding to you, you are disappointed. That is, that is um, the problem. And so your motivation for these rumors, for that gossip, is unclear. And when immorality comes in, that's what happens. Is you start to not like people, or you like per- pe- this person, and you can't reveal it. You can't show it. You become opaque. What is the first evidence of being the church? Is that you are transparent. But you are unable to be transparent because immorality enters into you. And so let us fight against this inability to be transparent. Amen. And then uh, self-centeredness, selfishness. Um, unable to understand the love of God, unable to understand, uh, receive His love and receive His, His reign. And so, when immorality enters, you feel like you're the victim. That no one understands, no one knows that you are the victim. There are times when I receive the attack of immorality. And I get lost in this self-love. And while I was unaware of these things, I received that spirit, just the full blast of it. And and I was struggling, and I just felt like I hated everything. That that it was me against the world. That no one was, no one understood. So I started to pity myself. And as I was praying, I was praying. Then 
these ministers came to me and started ministering to me. They started to interpret my tongues and it said that, and my interpretation was that, Lord, I love you and I, I've been living for you, but it's so difficult. And I started to agree that it's so difficult, so difficult. I gave you everything and I want to run after you. But I, I and then as, as the interpretation went on, and I said that, that in spite of all this, I still run to you. And then I, st- I, I started to think, well, what's wrong with this interpretation? What do you mean? What do you mean run to you? I want to stop. I want to stop. I want to rest. And as I was listening to this, as I started to feel this, I was surprised. What am I doing? What's going on with me? Honestly, I like to minister. So what do you mean I wanted to stop, right? And yet that's what was coming up inside of my heart. And I realized that something was wrong. That I was receiving spiritual attack. So for the longest time, I felt like I was the victim. And that victim, that, that, that sense of victimization keeps you down. Don't, don't, sorry, one moment. I'm having a hard time following her, her train of thought. Um, but she's now encouraging you to avail your talents, to make use of your talents because, because your talents are enriching the church. Long time ago in England, there was this young adult, this long time ago, long time ago. He was working at the railroad. And he would come home and talk about and praise his company, right? Even though he didn't make a lot of money, he was just a lowly worker, and yet he praised the company. And so what, wasn't impo- so what was important wasn't how much money he made, but rather what kind of company he worked for. And he knew that the company that he worked for was a company that, that so many people... Um, moved through his railroad right and so what about you what company do you belong to what kingdom do you belong to you belong to the kingdom of heaven and so be enriched and know and and freely avail your talents within that context knowing that you belong to the company of heaven And so immorality enjoys that feeling of love, not love itself, but that feeling, that feeling that you receive, that feeling that you get from, from let's say, playing with your cell phone, uh, from purchasing that car, from unfolding that, that, that package, from, uh, from unboxing that box. Love is willing to die for that the thing that you love, right? And love is not easy. Love is not pleasurable at all times, right? But but immorality takes the pleasure of that love and only only looks for that pleasure. <laughs> 
when it's for you because you enjoy it, that's immorality. Why do so many people raise goldfish? Because it's so easy to get that satisfaction that you're raising something, but also you don't need to take responsibility, right? So what do you enjoy? What gives you pleasure? So we're fighting against the spirit of immorality, amen? Are you fighting it continually? Are you continually fighting against the spirit that's been attacking this day and age, that's been attacking our church? So because it's uh, attacking this day and age, we receive the influence because we live in this day and age. And so we need to keep cleaning, keep cleansing it, okay? So let's say I want to possess something. I want to have something. That is immorality, right? Um, For example, Pastor Kim always says that that the person with the Holy Spirit in their heart is not going to be able to put someone else in their heart. Right, like you just like someone, you like someone very much. And that's that's immorality. So it doesn't always have to be a person. There's something that you like, something that you just like, something that just pleases you. And and when you put that in your heart, that is immorality. As I was sharing this yesterday, uh, the sisters were looking at me like I was a weird lady because they were like, what do you mean? You like someone that's not Pastor Kim <laughs> in your heart? But that's not what I'm talking about. Like, you know, just, you know, just that feeling of, of liking something, right? And, and, and I couldn't get rid of this person from my heart. I couldn't get it out of my heart. So it's so difficult for me that I don't want to do this. And it's so difficult. And I started crying out to God. And at that moment, I understood that, ah, this is a spirit. That I'm not trying to cut off this person. I need to cut off that spirit. That this is a spirit that's trying to divide me from God. Because in my heart needs to be God. But because of Him, I'm sad. Because of Him, I'm happy. Because of Him, I, 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 my life is, is making these... Dis- or it might not be Him. He's, she's saying this person, this person. So it might be a her. But anyways... This is a spirit, and so it's not the person that's attacking me, but the spirit is keeping me from being united with God. So in my heart should be God alone. But the spirit is is causing me to do all these other things, and so... And so comparison, envy, uh, all of this is a part of immorality. Comparison, um, envy. And so it keeps us from knowing that God loves us. And this is the critical thing about immorality is it 
makes you unaware, uh, un unable to receive the love of God. <sighs> and the danger is that you think that it's only affecting you. That uh, you like it, and so it's only your problem, and so it's an, only an issue for you. But that's not the problem. Is that like a a can a can it kills the community, and so you think that oh, uh, you, you think that you you like the girl yourself, and it's just you, you. But uh, and in your mind, you. You you create all kinds of scenarios, and already you're walking down the aisle with that girl. But but all all in your head, and 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 in the end, you can't actually ever say anything. That is a characteristic of immorality. And then so in the end, as you keep this situation up. Right, you you can't receive the love of God because you keep thinking that oh God doesn't answer your prayers, that God doesn't uh, do what you want. And so, please, brothers and sisters, do not put someone in your heart. Just ask Pastor Kim, and then if he says no, then just lay it down. And these days, he's been saying yes a lot, and so, please, just. Come to him. Okay, but don't hold them in, embrace them in your heart. Okay, liking is immorality, but also hating is an immorality. And so we need to forgive so that we can erase it from within our hearts. Because if you don't forgive, for example, I remember one time we went to a conference and as pastor was ministering someone, he's like, why is your grandfather still alive in you? And it's not because, you know, he was trying to keep his memory, but he hated his grandfather so much that he tried not to be like his grandfather, but ended up becoming just like him because all the bad things of that grandfather was reigning over him. And so that's why it's important to forgive, important to release that power. And so now let's move on from immorality to rebellion. Okay, rebellion comes from hurts and wounds, right? Many parents, right? Parents, you know because you are parents how much you have sacrificed for your children, right? And so we honestly, we should trust that our parents are looking out for our best interests. But many times because we live in this uh, individualistic uh, generation, we interpret everything from our own perspective. And so, so that's why we get so much hurt from our, to our parents because, because we are interpreting everything from our own self-perspective. Remembering all the things that they failed to do for us in our own perspective, from our own perspective. And so for me, 
one thing that was really hard for me was that I, my natural tendency was to worry. And so when Pastor Kim would say something, instead of receiving it with amen, I would worry about like why, why, or how, how. I needed to, because my natural tendency was to worry out of my upbringing, right, out of my rationality, out of my reason, I have to try to, uh, I have to create a secure base so that that's why I had to worry. So I would constantly analyze how to protect, how to guard, how to how to defend against. And I didn't realize that this in itself was rebellion. I thought it was because I loved my husband and I was trying to protect him. And so I was failing to acknowledge that my husband is the head of the house. It's so I was unable to live that life of obedience where so I kept trying to claim my own intelligence and so I would keep saying that isn't my inspiration is this shouldn't I do this shouldn't I do that even though it's not actually my inspiration So I would find myself uh, stopping Pastor Kim many times, like telling him not to. And so I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all the men, actually. <laughs> the reason why I'm saying this right now is that ultimately the kingdom of heaven moves according to the order of things, right? And and so reb rebellion is a spirit that goes stands against that order, that goes against that order. We need to move according to that order. Now, now when it comes to this order, you may think to yourself like, like, why? Why is it black? Why is it white? Why is it red? Why is it green? And we think that intelligence comes from being able to ask why. Why, right? Why, why, why? Thinking that oh, knowing why is what defines intelligence. But that's not the sign of intelligence, right? That's not... It's not about knowing, it's about believing. So that's why faith is so weak in this day and age. And you keep thinking that your intelligence is defined by your knowledge. And so if God commands you to build the tabernacle and he says use red yarn or scarlet yarn, then you would say, no, scarlet doesn't work here. It needs to be yellow. It needs to be yellow. Instead of doing what God says, you know, you... you you think of what you want to do. Remember, the kingdom of heaven is a kingdom of obedience. Obedience even to the point of be looking foolish. It's not about your intelligence, about you doing this, about you doing that, about you finding the best things. No, that's not the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom, even if, you, even if it's out of good intentions, even if you want to help, that is not building up the kingdom of heaven.
And so doubt. Uh, what is doubt? The inability to believe. And so people who who even worry for me, I know that they're doing it in good intentions, but many times they're interpreting it in their own way. That, and so what I'm trying to say is that when you have rebellion, you keep thinking of other things. If you have rebellion, you keep thinking of other things else. Right? Like, does the sermon always have to be this long? All you have to do is listen, right? But if you have rebellion, then that's what you're filled with. Oh, does she have to interpret it this way? Does she have to say this? Does she have to talk about this? And then so you get lost in your own thoughts. And then at the end, you, you, you come to the conclusion that there was no grace. This may look intelligence to you, but this is rebellion. You need to, without acknowledging what kind of prayer, what kind of struggle that I went throughout the week to, to stand here. And so important thing is to just receive the words because the person who preaches focuses on God throughout that entire week, right? And so this is rebellion, constantly judging why, what, what's wrong with this, why, and so always filled with um, complaints. And, you know, what's the sign of this is that even if you ask them to do something, they complain. And when you don't ask them to do something, they complain. Everything is always a complaint. So as rebellion got stronger in our church, every time you go to intercession, it seems like there's a crisis. There's always a crisis, right? Always a crisis for the church. What is intercession? Intercession is praying for the nations. There's so much to pray for the nations. And yet because rebellion is entering, instead of understanding that this is rebellion, we all see these crises, these problems, these issues. And... So in this situation, rage, anger, division becomes obvious, right? Or no, what? Uh, the people who think this way. Instead of waiting for God, instead of looking for God's heart, they think that the situation is so obvious, and so they get upset. So sisters, do you know how you rebel? You rebel by getting upset, uh, by getting, by pouting. And so, young youth, stop getting upset. Stop pouting. Okay, don't hold grudges, okay? Okay, and then brothers um, act tough. Right? They, they act tough. You can't talk to them. You can't approach them. So the threat of explosive, uh, of exploding, right? That that you act strong. And what does that mean? That means you f refuse to listen. What's important is to listen first, right? 
And then in the end, as you continually rebel, what happens is you become powerless. What do you mean? There's nothing to do about it. Oh, it's such a hassle. Let's uh, just quit while you're ahead. Because you're constantly rebelling, you can't do anything and other than rebel. And so there's nothing that you know how to do. And lastly, the collaboration between immorality and rebellion. And so the word, right, the word of the God, the word of pastor, the word of the church, if they give you this warning, uh, they rise up in rage and rebellion. They only want to listen to the things that they agree with. And then so you start creating cliques because you find people who say things that you want to hear. And so obviously cliques start to happen. And you can't help but rebel against people who may speak the truth to you. At all, when this person looks at me, always says immorality, always says immorality when this person ministers to me. So instead of thinking about maybe, hey, there's really immorality, you keep thinking that that person is the problem. Because you keep rebelling and not listening, that's why you keep hearing that word. And so you're unable to submit to the word. You're unable to be obedient. And so, remember, what is our grace that we have received is before God, in Christ. But what is immorality? Immorality is always before people. Always before a person. So worried about what that person thinks, what that person says. Even when people aren't around that person, that's all that person is thinking about. Always sending text messages to people. Even though it's set with the disguise of looking for prayer, right? And then, but you're always before people. And then, so the problem is, is that immorality and rebellion cannot bring about the church. We need to be transparent. We need to be one, united. And so immorality and rebellion keeps us from, from being one. Pastor Hashin gave birth, or his wife gave birth, and she gave birth in the car, right? How amazing is that? And so Une was surprised that she gave birth in the car, but Hashin was also uh, surprised because he was driving and the baby was already born. That God was looking out for her, that uh, he gave peace in how they gave birth even, right? Because like, she was afraid for giving birth because the last time uh, there was a lot of complications. But this time, they didn't, there wasn't even time for complications to arise. And so, thank God, right? And so when we are before people, there are always issues. But there's always problems, always things to consider. But before God, there is no problem. God is always watching and in, 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 in control.
So when God says there is peace, that is peace. And so God is purposely revealing all of our shame right now, right? So that we can be transparent. Because none of us can survive on our own. We all need to be together. So he's creating this union. If there's rebellion, that is a critical problem. If there's immorality, that is a critical problem. So let us pray. So with against immorality and re rebellion, um, these spirits we we cast them out. We thought that this was okay. We thought it was okay and that I can handle it, but no, Lord. We are in your kingdom, and so we are under your reign, under your dominion. But Lord, all of these holes that allow that allow the dominion of the devil to take a foothold, we cast it out. We cast it out. We cast out the spirit of immorality that kept us, make us focus on people, on what people thought, made us unable to be transparent and constantly complain and and despise. We cast out that spirit making us feel alone and isolated, we cast it out. And the reason why we are able to boldly come before you with this sin and not be ashamed is because I am not alone, but we all uh, complained. We all slandered. We all were immoral. We all were rebellious. And so, Lord, we come before you and so cast these spirits out. We, for, we repent before you and cleanse this, cleanse this church. Cleanse the spirit of immorality and rebellion that has, that has been influencing us. Okay. True words of wisdom aren't always sweet. Sometimes it is bitter, and so it's easy to rebel. But what does Proverbs say? Proverbs says that who is the wise one? The wise one is the ones who hears the words of discipline. And so, let us be wise. Let us be wise and listen to the words of discipline. So rebellion is going to flee and our ears are going to be open to listen to the words. And so excellent. We are going to be excellent. And you're going to be excellent. There's going to be amazing wise ones. Why? Because they're going to have the ear to hear. Rebellion is going to flee and we're going to now stand before God and standing before God, finding once again our purity, our sanctity. And so Lord, once again, cast at the spirit of immorality and rebellion and let us be filled by the Holy Spirit. Be filled by the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And 
So all of this um, anointing of excellence is not just going to be for us, but also going to go through the nations. So when immorality and rebellion gets cast out, this nation will be renewed. Why? Because we are the rulers of this world. And when the king stands in nobility and in honor, then the nation will stand in nobility and honor. And so um, Hyunjung, as she was graduating from her art school yesterday, uh, she was praised by her professors, uh, saying that, saying that you know, uh, my because when she first gave her project as a freshman. Um, she gave this project talking about um, a hundredfold, like right blessing unfolding a hundredfold. And the pres- the the professor, her her professor said that uh, having you as a student was my greatest uh, blessing. And then the professor next to her also uh, agreed and said that that's the same for me. And another professor said that through you, I was able to see what it, what a true, what true Christianity looks like. Even though I am a Christian, I was able to see a true Christian, what Christianity looks like. And so, look, the blessing is obedience. The blessing is obedience. Obedient to the King. Obedient to the King will unfold this excellence. And so as we pray once again, Lord, like David being chased through the wilderness, like Joshua uh, being clothed in filth, Lord, um, restore us. Restore us, clothe us in white, and crown us once again. Hallelujah. Now, our greatest blessing is that God wants to uh, form us. Amen. This is really His will for us in this day and age. And so now the strongholds in our minds, those are being broken down through the word of 2 Corinthians. And so rebellion and immorality, these, these, these strongholds in our mind unable to receive the word in faith and uh, so there is suffering through many cases uh, being revealed but actually this afflicts every single one of us and so these strongholds in our mind Honestly, living in the kingdom of heaven is an easy thing. That the moment you're born again, just living by the Holy Spirit, it should be easy. But the problem is, is that after you were born again, you kept living by your thoughts. And that's why you have these strongholds in your mind. And these strongholds can be used by the devil. And so when they use those thoughts, most cases, the devil is trying to make you live your life like a normal person. They don't need you to be like a possessed person, like a crazy lunatic person. No, they just want you to be an average person. Just living, working hard, or 
And so it's, it's one of three things. Either you work hard and just live your, an average person's life, or you are powerless because you are unable to do that, and so you fall into despair, or you become possessed, right? And a raving lunatic, right? That Those are the goals of the devil. But ultimately, they just want you to live disconnected from God. But if you live by the Holy Spirit, then it should not be this complicated. But because we've been living by information for so long. And if we were to go before God with this, how embarrassed should we be? We have been, we have been called to God's excellence. And He has given us all things. And so, like as I said, because this is what God wants from us to, to cleanse us of all of these things, that's why even though all these things are happening right now, I'm not ashamed of it, nor am I concerned, like overly concerned with it, because this is what God is doing. So we all have these bindings. We all have these strongholds in our mind. And so the blessing of Second Corinthians is revealing this in us. Why? Because our goal is to stand before God, and we do not want to stand before God as we are right now, right? And as again, again, this isn't about what you do. It's not, really, it's not about what you do. It's just living by the Holy Spirit. When you live with the Holy Spirit, He forms this inside of us. And so let it all be revealed. Let it all be made manifest. So that we can stand in His glory. Amen? And so let us be vigilant in our prayer. It's critical time is upon us. Amen? And so for the past two, and, two years and six months, I've been continually wrestling with you. And now God is going to open doors to do what I have been originally called to do, which is to go out into the world. And so in July, I'll be going to South America, Mid-Central America, and then September, Israel. And in, I invite you as well, so please pray to determine whether God is calling you or not. And so, the, so in July and in September, so Central America and also Israel, So please pray and see whether you're going to go or not. And then also in May 16th, we'll be having a conference at our church. And maybe in October, we'll have a conference for all of Zoe ministry together in Korea. So right now, I'm actually here to give you announcements. And then around end of May, we're probably going to start um, construction in the, in the new building. And hopefully we'll be able to enter around the end of June. And please pray for this process. Uh, because I have been starting to call uh, pastors from all over the world. And so we really need this space and, and the, uh, yeah, so the space. And this Friday, 7 p.m., we have what? We have the wedding between uh, Odongjin and and Choi Go-un. Okay, so 
wedding Friday, 7 p.m. at our church. And so I'm sure you've all gone out on your trips. I'm glad that you've had a good time. And a lot of money from the church has gone out. And I'm sure many of you have also used your own personal money. And, um, but, uh, and I, I hope that you enjoyed that time. Uh, I, went, I spent time with two different teams and it was really enjoyable. And then also regarding Elder Chu, I think that uh, something will happen within this week. And also, I'm hoping to conclude also Heji uh, this week as well. Okay, uh, our Elder Chu's temperature has gone to normal. And uh, he has no sign of infection right now. And this is something that I've said from the beginning. Sorry, I can't hear. But he needs to be able to breathe on his own. That's what's important because because uh, the inability to breathe on his own is keeping him on all kinds of medication. And I think that all those kinds of medication is actually slowing his recovery down. But anyways. But Heji also, I'm hoping to conclude this as well. Uh, I've allowed time because I believe that God is wanting to do something not only with Heji but also the family and also in the community. And so uh, we'll see what goes on with Heji. Shimpung has um, has donated a lot of money to various cells as they were going out. And so Shimpung has done a lot and has offered a lot of their own capital. So please continue to pray. Uh, pray not only for the cells, also for the material authority of the church, also for Shimpung. Uh, pray for the church continually in, in vigilance that they would continually maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Because honestly, living in the Holy Spirit would show that, that this is not a problem, that there's no issue. The problem is, is we're not living in the Holy Spirit. And so, so another thing that you should pray for is that something that I'm conflicted with is I'm continually integrating the eschatology and I need time. But I'm not sure if I can take a leave of absence. So I'm not sure if I can preach while I'm also integrating the eschatology or if I can take a leave of absence. But, and so that's actually kind of like my conflict right now is that I've been meaning to take a break for a while now. 
but I don't know what to do about this. Should I take a break or should I continue? So I am preparing to preach, but I'm not sure. So so I'm preparing, um, what's it called? I'm preach preparing lamentations. Or no, not not lamentations. Um, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes. And uh, Ecclesiastes and Psalm songs. And so also please pr so pray. Pray like uh, because I'm finding it difficult to integrate the eschatology right now, but anyways, I think up until next week, um, we'll continually have associate pastors, but uh, we'll see. And so, please know and pray for this. Then, apart from this, is there any other announcements to make? Uh, the wedding, seven o'clock Friday. Okay, wedding, seven p.m. Not seven a.m. Seven p.m. So please uh, bring your blessing and, and bless the new couple. Okay, bless the new couple. And also, we're going to be going to Boryong for the anniversary of our church. And we've um, borrowed the stadium there. So we're going to leave Saturday morning at 8. And if you need the bus, please sign up. So we're going to go straight to the field on Saturday. And then on Saturday, we'll have a sports day. And lunch, we'll enjoy maybe a packed lunch. And then on dinner, we'll have the uh, barbecue. And then so sleep there Saturday night. And then Sunday morning we'll have worship. We'll have worship for that uh, for the anniversary of our church. And then in the afternoon, uh, Deacon, Deacon Yeji Kim will be directing and producing um, uh, a play. And so we'll watch that in the afternoon. And then in the night, we'll play Yunori, which is a traditional Korean game. And then Monday night, we'll have Monday morning, we'll have breakfast and then go home. And we've been casting out immorality for a long time. And, but Poryong is kind of strong in the spirit of immorality. And so I don't know why we're going to Poryong, but I think God has a purpose there. And so let's pray. So it is the Pentecost and also our, our church's anniversary. June, June 4th. And so if you would like to partake in the play, then please contact uh, Deacon Yeji. So there'll be a conference May 16th, and then first week of July will be Central America, and first, I think he said first week also of September will be Israel.
And so there's no problem going to um, Israel, but I think going into Honduras, we need we need a PCR report, a PCR, in uh, proof of PCR to enter into Honduras, and we'll also need PCR uh, when when we come back to Korea. So, anyways, let us pray. That once again, let us pray in spirit, Lord. As this community uh, wants to be filled once again by you, Lord, may we be vigilant in our prayer and all of our bindings and all of our pollutions be cleansed. We rely upon you that we would be completely free and enter into your glory. That when we are praying in vigilance, may you continually meet with us and separate us from the rebellion and immorality and the power and influence of Babylon. We proclaim once again your great victory and that we will confirm that victory in the place of prayer. Let us pray all together. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for giving us this time to be restored. So, Lord, as this community prays, may all these strongholds that have stood be broken down, that we would experience true freedom. And in these end times, that through this church, may the light of your glory shine through this church. Anoint every single soul, touch them, and that as they pray, that, Lord, you would touch them and meet with them and fill them again. Bless today's offering, Lord. May it please you and may you may your blessing flow through this. That as we confess that Babylon does not determine our lives, that every day we would stand before you in the riches that you have given us. And now, by the grace of Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church, through the love of the of, of the Holy Father and the indwelling, comforting, fulfilling work of the Holy Spirit, to the to those souls who are determined to be filled by the strength of God that breaks down their strongholds upon their family, upon their business, upon their inheritance, upon the nation and the people, upon the church and the missions all over the world, may this blessing rest now and forevermore.